Welcome to the Room for Error podcast, the podcast that is slowly slipping into college football apathy, per Dan Harmson. And he is sitting across from me, and we are with the resident redneck, Taylor Hall, with the <laughs> with the maiden voyage of the third microphone. I still hate you guys. No. <laughs> Don't do that. You know, I think... Now uh, he doesn't have to scream from across the room to like get into somebody's grill to, to have someone hear his, his hot Purdue take. My grandpa Hall would be pissed, but I'm going to take the Breller Makers. <laughs> yeah. I'd just say this is the first of many you know, distinguished guests that will probably speak on this Distinguished, microphone. I think, is maybe even an understatement. Just, yeah. We got, I, we're, I have no we're setting the bar that. high. Setting the bar high right now. I there. agree. It's very high. It's very high. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll start the program off here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we do not have a cocktail of the week. Um, I've come down with a minor cold. So, um, life kind of got in the way again last week and we didn't, we weren't able to record on Monday. Um, we had both had some personal things and then Thanksgiving weekend, we just kind of took a little vacation from, that's all right. You know, the hard work that is podcasting. And, uh, so yeah, get drunk in the basement. Yeah. It's, it's a real, uh, it's a real doozy. So took the week off, came back. Here refreshed, we are. Refreshed we, and ready to go. I'm, I'm very flattered. There was a lot of people that were asking where the episode was, so thank you guys for your support and your interest. That's I had I had one person ask me. Did you? Yeah, it was it was my great great aunt Bertha. Oh. Well, I, does does Aunt I Bertha like, like just, it? I was facetious, nobody asked me. All right. Yeah, so you just made that shit up. Yep. Actually I think Greg Crayon might ask me, but Greg Greg been. asked me too. Well Rob Rob said something on Twitter, I think. Bobbert. Um, Rob Jr. So we, we don't have a cocktail of the week here. Um, I've got a little bit of a cold. It's just mental exhaustion is starting to... You are sick to, more than any human being. I dude, know, it, it honestly, it comes... You have the immune system of a five-year-old. It comes because of like just being around new... like I shouldn't say new people because I was around family members, but like it's germs that I'm not in contact with on enough on a regular basis. Like It just gives me the... like. A head cold all the time. Did you not play in the dirt enough when you were a kid? No, I did. So actually what happened, um, fun fact, when I was 18 years old, I got a sinus infection so bad that it swelled up the whole entire right side of my face. Is that why you look to look like the way you do? Yeah, I'm really ugly. Um, and it that's, swelled up. That's fair. It, it, yeah. Swelled up the whole entire right side of my face because I got, like, I have some sort of chronic sinus disease right here where, like, this, these frontal sinuses are always lined with, like, this mucus. Like, it's just permanent mucus in there. And uh, it swelled up really bad, and I went into the hospital, into the emergency room three separate times on three separate days, and lost 15 pounds in about a span of 72 hours. And by the time I went back, they had to admit admit me, and I was in the hospital for three days. And the doctor said that um, it didn't look like a sinus infection, so that's why they didn't diagnose it right the first couple times. Because they said when it's a sinus infection, it swells inward. Yeah, I had such bad swelling that they said if it would have actually done what it should have done and swell inward, it would have killed me. So I basically had to start from scratch with my immune system. So I have the immune system of roughly like an eight-year-old right now because that was back when I was in high school. So 10. So I was say, when we were roommates, you were always sick. Well, yeah, I mean, so, it was once a week. So I thought it was from the strange women you were hanging out no, with more than anything. Well, but. that – grandma earmuffs. <laughs> uh Honestly, it's just like I had to start from scratch. None of them with, were even mail carriers. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> with with my immune system. And so, yeah. So, okay. Roundabout. Back to the back to the plan at hand here. Um, no cocktail. We're, uh, we've got an Exile beer here that Dan's drinking. And 
and uh, Taylor Hall was nice enough to bring me over a Natty Light Seltzer Catalina Lime Mixer, which are majestic. If you've never had them before, and maybe you're not a big fan of seltzers, maybe Taylor will agree with me on this. Seltzers taste like dirt. These things are These amazing. These are good. Our God's water. Give me a little sippy sip. Somebody give me a sip. Tell you what, I'll just give you a whole one. Well, yeah, because if you don't like I'm it, I'm not going to like it, though. But well, we'll, we'll one of us will drink it out. Yeah, exactly. It's and the Catalina Wine Mixer. Yeah, they are hydrating. They're half water. Six percent though, so you so might you, still you hydrate as you dehydrate. Kind of. I think that's how it works. Um. So, anyways, let's uh let's jump in, Danny. Where to? Where would you like to start? Should we just um, should we start with our uh, with our hometown team and just kind of get what little there is to talk about that out of the way? I I think Iowa and Iowa State both. Um, I don't want to beat either of the dead horses on these because I think Iowa won a close game over a Nebraska team that probably they probably should have beat by more. Um, but the referees tried to give Nebraska. Oh my a gosh, game it was horrific, horrific officiating at the end of the game. Um, Nebraska just makes a lot of mistakes. Stanley, you know, I, I was listening to it on the drive up to Northwest Iowa, and you know, Stanley was his typical productive style outside of terrible conditions. Um, I never thought I'd say this, be, you know, from what we thought at the beginning of the year, but Adrian Martinez probably needs to ride the pine. Um, I, I and think this that is coming is, from the same guy who said he was going to set some Big Ten records, but I digress. Um, you know, it was just very much <laughs> an Iowa game. Um, credit Kirk Ferentz for going for the win at the end. I, I thought they were going to play for overtime. Well, um, they – uh, Regani, what's his first name? Nico. Nico Regani. Got absolutely hosed oh, on, that, yeah. on a call. Right. And I'm everyone knows me. I'm a cyclone apologist and a hawk hater for the most part. And I watched those officials legitimately try to hand Nebraska the game. What happened multiple times? It was bad. And I was texting Trent. Trent said um, just something to the effect like Dolph is pissed right now. I like, well, I was he, listening to it. He yeah. has every he had every right to be upset within like that last four minute stretch of that game. But Nate Stanley moves the ball down the field, and they get into field goal, field goal position twice. Right. Not once, but twice right. they get into field goal position. The interesting part for me is we've seen Stanley be able to do this at the end of halves and end of games quite a bit. You know, think of Penn State comes to mind in the Michigan game, where all of a sudden we're like, oh, hey, the two-minute offense works pretty good. Maybe we should think about doing this before two Maybe run a little game. bit more pace and a little bit less fucking eye formation. Yeah. We're going to run ace with two out wide. Here comes the counter. Oh, then we run counter. They run yeah, trap. Yeah. Who am I kidding? And they run ISO. The 52 dive. Yeah. Yeah. Idiots. Zone right. Zone right. <laughs> um, I just know blue 42. <laughs> hike, 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 hike. So, but, you know, credit Iowa for winning the game. You know, and they're 9-3. and three. I, it's, I think Iowa and Iowa State are varying in the same position where there's a lot of fans that are disappointed because they see what could have been in the season. Um, but I think nine and three is still well. I think they were over under for them at the beginning of the year was seven was seven and a half. I'm pretty sure. I think that's right. And I think I looked at their schedule and kind of the way it set up. And I I think we all well I particular thought they were only going to be a seven win team. But well, I think there's a lot of Iowa fans though, and it was kind of weird because the over under was set low and the schedule was tougher. But there was a lot of Iowa fans that said, well, all right, well this is probably gonna be Epines's last year. Um, this wide receiver core is one of the best we've seen. We've got returning running backs. We've got two probably first-round picks at offensive tackle that will be gone next year. We've got a fourth-year senior quarterback who did the honestly has probably regressed a little bit. 
Um, you know, and I think they kind of thought this was going to be a year where they could have gone and ran with the Big Ten West title, which honestly, you know, if the ball bounces different in a couple of games, that was very possible. But yeah, I don't even know what to beat. I just, I have avoided so much of the internet and talk radio this weekend because of just the disgusting effort that was the Iowa State game Saturday. Yeah, and diving into that a little bit, I will say about Twitter and social media, I'm going to have to figure out where these people are who complain all the time on Twitter and stuff because I just, I don't think I follow enough people to like find these people or maybe I go to the wrong place to search for these comments because I don't, I don't see these people just asking. I saw a couple of those tweets that were like people who were saying someone needs to get fired are stupid. And I agree because no one needs to get fired for whatever happened on Saturday. That's just dumb. But I need to follow more dramatic people on on Twitter apparently because I didn't see you, any. You of must that. not be following a lot of Cyclone Twitter right now. I'm. I just kind of gave up on on Twitter. Like the, the I was pissed off for about ten minutes after the game, and then we watched well, some Christmas movies and I got hammered on my couch. It just it you could feel the way that whole game went. I mean the first half and then second quarter they kind of righted the ship. You felt good about the way things were going. Hall had some good runs, but. The, pl- the problems that have plagued Iowa State's team on and off this season all showed their ugly head at the same time. Like lots of penalties, lots of little Lots miscues. of stupid penalties, weird things with the cadence, um, you know, just little things here and there. You know, getting, you know, ball in great field position and not, you know, not capitalizing on it. How terrible were we on third down? Did we convert Awful. one third down? I, 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 don't, I don't even know. And then – like we just we couldn't move the ball. We'd get a turnover, and I remember one instance in particular where we snatched a snatched a fumble right out of midair that Skylar Thompson drops the ball, and we co- recover it on like K State's forty after going a three and out prior, right. and then it's literally three straight plays of a running play or like little screen well, yeah, screen I, passes, and it's third and eighteen, and we're we're we done just again. Constantly behind the chains, constantly behind man are off. I think. Iowa State's offensive line got whipped. If here's the deal, Kansas State is not all world up front, um, no, but, they but they threw. Pressured. If you see that, I mean, and honestly, they didn't bring more than four or five guys a lot of time. But there's a lot of twists. Um, there were a lot of different stunts, guys coming from different angles, and that has been what our offensive line has struggled with in the past. Um, you know, and even we saw it with Hall. You know, he'd break off. For, oh, this one 18 yards, and then he'd lose two yards on the next two, just because. I mean, they had so much penetration. You know, and Purdy didn't have much time. He was, you know, and uh, towards the end of the game, man, he just looked like he was airmailing a few of them. It, it was tough. I feel like this this team, since losing that Oklahoma State game, has not been the same. We've not seen the same mojo. Outside of Texas, you know, they found out. They, they proved to us they could win a close game, but that was not a perfect game played either by any stretch of the imagination. No, I, I agree with all that. And, and like you said, it seems like since the Okie State game, they've just – there hasn't been that same edge there, and I don't know why. There's there's not been any urgency, and it's, you know, it's something that I've thought about. Like the the opportunity for a historic season has vacated itself, and it vacated itself quite a while ago. Right. And so now they just. But now you're playing. It, I'm not. Pride. I'm not. I'm not accusing them of quitting. So don't get me wrong. But what I'm what I'm saying is is that it was just one of those things where they just decided that it wasn't full. Don't wrong. Full Conditions effort. sucked. Oh, yeah, they were bad. What's they interesting bad. for me is the strength of the defense up to this point in the year has been stopping the run, you know, and first in 
the last two weeks they have been absolutely gashed. And Kansas State ran the exact – I mean, they just saw what Kansas did and ran off tackle, and that is yep. really where our defense has struggled this year. Um, in that 3-3 stack, you are most vulnerable um, in that tackle, you know, that – that 10 hole or, you know, seven or eight or seven hole um, where they're coming off the edge because your linebacker is kind of, you know, where they are in that stack. It's hard for them to find contain. And actually you've got to count on your cornerbacks to maintain contain. And that's honestly somewhere we miss, uh, you know, PV and some of these other guys who were, you know, great tacklers on the edge and Kyle Johnson, decent tackler, Tavon Kyle, you know, is small, but he's figuring out, but I, I really think that's where, We've been gashed the last two weeks, and they've kind of figured it out a little bit. I really didn't think that to start the year we were going to miss PV and Payne as much as we do right now. Just so physical. Yeah. Just so physical. I just don't think – I don't think that maybe Johnson and um, – um, why did I just blank the other kid's name? Well, it was Detrone Young most yeah. of the year, and now it's been Tavon Kyle the last two weeks. Yeah, Detrone so. Young just was – I don't think they were physically ready for, uh, you know, playing – 60 plays a game on the defensive side right. of the ball. It just they the just defense they just looked very wore down. Yeah. Um, you know, how much do you think? How much do you think the defense changes if Jaquan Bailey's still on the field? I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know, it, I don't know much, if it changes because yeah. I don't think there's been much drop off with Zach Peterson at all. No, I agree. I think Zach Peterson's played really well. But can you imagine having a rotation with those two guys? That would be something fun to well, watch. Well, fun just to think about next year's team is because Jaquan you've got Bailey, Bailey gets to you've play. You've got Peterson. Yeah. It will not surprise me at all if Wazirike slides inside. You think he goes to Lima's position? I, I think he's going to rotate at tackle a little bit, and, and depending on what kind of I, – I won't be surprised if we see a little more four-man front next year. Well, I was going to say that, or what about, like, two down two down linemen and then up – up? I don't know, you can't call them linemen, but, you know, up defensemen on the ends. Up defensemen? You know, they're standing. You're you talking know? about a defensive end in a two-point stance. Yes, like I'm just gonna throw out the record here that up defenseman is now a like, term. Okay, yeah, I coined it. It's mine now. Like when uh, you remember when hashtag um, trademark. Yeah. When uh, Julius Peppers went from Carolina to Green Bay, like he wanted to sign with Green Bay because they were gonna let him play that. Well, we that do that. We DN. do that with with uh, Will McDonald quite a bit. Right. Where you'll see him like basically like put out in a wide what they call like a wide nine front. Where um, he's, you know, they'll put the tackle in, you know, probably like a, oh, like an inside the A gap, you know. Um, but he'll be lined up way on the other side of the tackle so he can kind of get the most momentum coming in from that. So, but I still think, so defensive ends, Bailey, Peterson, Will McDonald, you've got guys like Corey Settle and Blake Peterson sitting out. They're going to be really deep there. Yeah, Wazrike if he plays that spot. We it's amazing how deep our defensive line has been over the past yeah. seems like three years, which has been really nice. But yeah, um, yeah. All that being said, clones go down on the road. Um, oh, the biggest miscue we didn't talk about was special teams again. Special teams. I was kind of hoping we'd skip over that. But. You know, but I say it, every problem they've had, you know, <laughs> that have been off and on this season have reared their ugly head one game. Yeah, and that's really all it came down to for me. I mean, if you think about it, that's a touchdown right there. It's. You know, you take a touchdown off the board in that scenario. It's, you don't start the game down by two touchdowns. And, you know, we came roaring back. We showed a little bit of heart. But then it's like we got tied up and we got that field goal. And then they just – they took it over. It right. was there. It was theirs to own. So, Right. Um, well, I, I will say this. Um, credit Matt Campbell for coming out and saying, you know, this loss was on them. They weren't prepared well enough as a staff. 
you know, things like that. You could be like Scott Frost and just blame your players. Yeah, he inherited a weak team. In inherited what, his, his third year? Yeah, inherited a team with weak, con- you know, with weak confidence. And just calling guys out. And that's been the culture there all year is freshmen calling seniors out, you know, this. And, I mean, they're a chippy team talking, you know, all kinds of smack on the sideline. I'd, I'd wonder what the culture is over there right now because I used to think P.J. Fleck was the biggest fraud in, the, in college football. And I'm wondering if it's not Scott Frost. I would 100% call it Scott Frost at this point. I mean, you get kids that want to come play in Florida and Orlando at at UCF, and they know you're going to run this high-powered offense, and then he gets all these nice athletes down there that maybe don't want to go to Florida State or Miami or don't have the opportunity to, and so they get to come. Well, they're too dumb. Yeah, they get to come enroll at your school, and then what happens is you get to run this real high-powered offense with a shitload of awesome athletes. Uh, newsflash, those kids aren't coming to Lincoln. Actually, they've recruited really well. They've had top twenty-five recruiting. Okay, class so last then, year. okay, so then I the argument know is just that their coaching sucks. I think I don't think they've been coached up well, and I don't. So the think coaching sucks. The okay. system is designed to work in a freaking sleet storm on November 29th. That's my thought. Good. But. I hope the system never works. I hope. I hope Nebraska is constantly in this four-year coaching limbo. Well, did you see they extended him? Last week, too. Yeah, so. yeah. so that's the other thing. Well, now that it'll be a seven-year coaching limbo. Yeah. Whatever. Right. So, uh, a little off topic there, but, yeah. Like you said, he – Campbell and crew take responsibility of it. They owned it. Um, yeah. You know, whatever. We'll uh, we'll play a bowl game. We might get to go to Memphis. Who the hell knows where we'll uh, go. It's could be anything from – it depends Orlando to Memphis to Orlando, Phoenix. Orlando, Memphis, Who knows? Phoenix, maybe Houston. There's a lot of things that could happen. So Maybe they'll focus for that game. Who knows? If it's close, we're getting tickets. Memphis would be fun. I'd do Memphis. I'm I'm pretty broke, but I'd do Memphis. I mean, we'll get drunk and I'll take my shirt off. But something you had me at hello, happen. Taylor. You had me. Are you are you <laughs> supplying the BV and diet dues? Uh, we'll talk. I was gonna actually bring those tonight, and then I I'm trying this new thing where you don't black out on weeknights. How's that going? How's that going for you? It's cost effective, and you feel a hell of a lot better. Well, so wait, it's only Monday after all. You're trying this new thing, you said. <laughs> like, well, let's be honest. You only had three, you only had two nights to try to do this. Oh yeah. Christ! So oh, far, man. we're just sitting in the basement, yeah. chugging natty light seltzers. Chug, yeah. So we won't just be blacked out. We'll just be regular. Drink. Uh, yeah. We need. To, are we gonna? Do you want to go to heat, de- heat index, or do we want to talk about this coaching situation? A um, little bit? I I think let's just jump into heat index quick. All right. Um, and then we'll do some coaching changes. So, uh, I, we'll do our normal thing here. We'll we'll start in with our um, hot teams. Um, Dan. Uh, you want me to go first, or you want to go first? What do you want, buddy? Have at it, Cole. Okay, um, I'm just, gonna I'm gonna start in the Big Twelve. Our first foreigner segment. Uh, our 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 first foreigner segment, and uh, my personal favorite. Uh, everyone loves heat. Um, and I'm gonna bring it to you here, and it's really not a, a hot take by any stretch, but uh, I'm going with the Oklahoma Sooners as my hot team. They go into a game of Bedlam uh, to play Okie State as a 13 point favorite, and personally, I took. Okie State, not only on the money line, but on the point spread, too. Thinking, you took them on the money line? Just let me talk for a minute. You had no Spencer Sanders and no Tylen Wallace, and you took them on the money line? I took Oklahoma State and the points, thinking that this was going to be the game that they're going to rear their head and show a, this huge, massive upset and take one away and kind of play spoiler in Oklahoma uh, for Oklahoma by being this massive underdog. Well, it didn't happen. 
So Oklahoma goes in and kicks the shit out of them. Um, it was not really ever a close game, truthfully. Maybe in the first quarter when it ended 10-7 to in the first quarter. But other than that, uh, Jalen Hurts and the crew get it done. They're going to play Baylor in Dallas next weekend. And uh, speaking of Baylor, they had a pretty nice showing themselves. But nonetheless, Oklahoma showing their former selves to be back on track. And we're setting up for a nice little matchup there in Dallas. So that's yeah. my hot team for uh, the Big 12. Well, I think there's a variety of Big 12 teams you could have picked this week. Um, Oklahoma really showed up against a team that didn't have its starting quarterback or its best player in Tylen Wallace, but that's the thing. Um, but <sighs> Baylor has kind of reversed this narrative where they were at the beginning of the season of playing really close in games that they should blow people out. And there were a lot of people taking Kansas, you know, in the points or picking Kansas on the money line, things like that, as well as they had played lately. But Baylor showed, I, th- I think they ain't messing around at this point. It would appear that they are not no. messing around. Um, there were two other ones. Just quick note, uh, Texas was down big early. Um, yeah, they were. Um, and I kind of thought, oh, shit, now it's, you're going to have 6-6 six and six Texas. But they actually showed up and, and really kind of put the hammer down to Tech um, and got that ship righted just well enough to fire both of their coordinators. Um, <laughs> Why, but, okay, so I'm sorry, sidebar question. When, when coordinators get fired like that, does that come from the head coach, or is that the administration saying well, you better the, make a change? It's the administration saying that's kind of what I thought, because well, I didn't think that he. We'll talk can about be- it here shortly. Right. Okay. So. Continue. Sorry. But really, um, there's there's another. You know, you can't say enough about K State, and this is one thing we've got to notice as Iowa State fans. Iowa State struggles against teams that really want to control the clock and control the ball. That's the reason. Campbell has not beaten Iowa. There's a reason we've always struggled against K-State. But that's one. But there's one team, um, there's one more team out here that, you know, got another big win Saturday. And I think, if I'm correct, it's their third in a row. Hale, West Virginia. Uh, Yeah, let's look. Um, I believe it is. Keep there. TCU from. No, no, it's, they they split. They're two and three over the last three. They lost to Okie State. Well, regardless, they um they keep TCU from. Gaining bowl eligibility, which we all thought TCU was probably going to be an eight-win team. At yeah, the end spoiler of the year. right there too. Yeah, with a touchdown in the fourth quarter to hail, uh, hail West Virginia, take me home, country roads. To take it, nice one. I like that one. Good one. Good pick right there. Who's your uh, Who's your hot Big Ten team, Dan? She oh, slammed that a little harder next time. But. I think there's a couple different ways you could go with this. Obviously, Ohio State just depants Michigan on national television. Holy smokes. Um, in what a lot of people was the most hyped game we've had since the Alabama LSU game. Um, but for me, it was one that went and decided who was going to play in the Big Ten West Championship on the other side. I thought at the beginning of the Wisconsin-Minnesota game that I this makes me feel dirty and greasy inside. I wanted Minnesota to win. I kind of did because too, to be I thought like they would. Have did you hear a, that, Greg? I thought they would have a better chance of lining up with Ohio State just because I think there's more of that kind of athlete there well enough. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. But Wisconsin, I mean, did not let up, and I don't think anybody saw that kind of butt whooping coming. And it's got me thinking. And they did it in three quarters yeah, too because they were scoreless after the first. That that matchup next week, if Wisconsin can control the clock and run the football well enough, and keep the ball out of Ohio State's hands, they may have a chance to cover. Not win. 
But <laughs> we've seen what happens when you go in and try to make it a track meet with Ohio State. So congrats, Wisconsin. You are my veteran equipment hot team of the week. Oh, hello. Red hot. So going back to you said you were feeling dirty and greasy on the inside. Are we just ignoring the fact that you're always dirty and greasy on the outside? That's a good point. That's a very good point. I bathe twice a day. Regularly. It's mainly because he takes really messy shits. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Lysol doesn't count, Dan. Lysol doesn't count. <laughs> neither, neither does Axe. Neither Axe does bomb. Axe. Oh, it's God. not seventh grade anymore. Gross. Uh, my hot big Big Ten team, um, I was going to go right along with you here and, and say – Either Ohio State or or, uh, or Wisconsin, but I'll uh, I'll switch it up here. How about those Northwestern Wildcats getting oh, a little yeah. W on the road Get, against getting, Illinois, and not only getting the W, they kind of put it on Illinois. Right, beat them by nineteen points. Uh, I had Illinois minus six and a half. That game looked like cake to start. Like hell yeah, you're gonna take Illinois minus the six and a half, and they uh, yeah they didn't play very well. And Northwestern beat the shit out of them and kind of spoiled a little chance for a seven-win season for them. So, right. well, regular season, excuse me. They're going to have an opportunity to bowl game here against probably some Conference USA team and then probably get embarrassed. So that'll be funny. Fair enough. All righty. Um, so that's uh, that's the hot teams. You want to go into some My cold? second favorite foreigner segment. Yeah, the second favorite foreigner segment. Cold as ice. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice uh, Danny, um, I suppose I kicked it off with uh, with hot. I'll do the same here. Um, my cold team is probably coming from uh, the exact same game as where I'd think it would come from um, here in Illinois. Once again, like you, you have a chance at a seven win regular season and then just get absolutely obliterated at home by a really, really, really bad Northwestern team. Um, not quite as bad as Rutgers, but still really, really not good. Bad performance, truthfully. Um, I don't really have – there's a lot of good – there were a lot of games in the, the Big Ten. I really wouldn't call – personally, I wouldn't call Minnesota cold here. and I really wouldn't say Michigan is either because Michigan just got absolutely obliterated by a team that's a billion times better than they are anyway, so it's hard to call them cold. Right. But um, that's kind of where I land in the Big Ten. Um, who is your cold team? Oh, man. It just – I I hate to say it, you know, and just really disappointed in this team, but Nebraska for the final time this season, you are the cold team of the week. They they get to be the cold team of the year. That's how they that's how they end miss the out 10. on bowl eligibility. You have the chance. Refs try. I'm changing my pick. Mine's also Nebraska. <laughs> just uh, so they my Big Twelve team is Iowa State, and I don't want to talk about it. So there's that. Um, I'm with you actually. We'll, we're gonna just go ahead and clean sweep the cold teams. I I think that that's a. Uh, a good no case right there. Beating this dead horse I mean, any longer. You could uh, you could maybe say TCU for a chance of bowl eligibility, right. but right. Um, I, I they've got to be a little disappointed in how this season played out there. Um, but I think that we all thought to start the year that TCU was going to be a little bit on a downswing in the first. Well, they place, were last you know? year. I think we expected more improvement. Yeah, I agree. I think next year is. I think they're going to have a serious upswing. Well, next Duggan. Year. I mean, Duggan made mistakes, fresh yeah. mistakes, but yep. the kids got a lot of potential. Um, you can see why Iowa State recruited them. As, He's as hard super as athletic. Did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a tough ginger kid. Yeah. Very tough redheaded monster. You know, TCU has good history with ginger quarterbacks. So They do, except he, the the one in the NFL right now is about to lose his job, and he's going to have to uh, search the free agent market a little bit. Oh, that's all right. 
because they're uh, Cincinnati's taking Joe Burrow. Nonetheless, um, let's let's jump into some of this uh, coaching stuff. Um, lots of wild moves wild. going on right now. Um, I think easily the most shocking um, ESPN or someone reports someone from the mothership, I believe, or you sent me the tweet. Uh, Chris Peterson of the Washington State Huskies is stepping away. Um, really hasn't had um, super stellar teams the last two years. Went to the college football playoff in 2015. Got boat raced by Alabama. Um, he has lost his last three bowl matchups, albeit against, um, I believe, Ohio State, Alabama, and Penn State. Um, so he's he's had to go against some pretty stiff competition, but his 0-3 in his last... Uh, Last three postseason games, um, stepping away here after a winning record. I think they ended the season 7-5, and they'll go to a bowl game, and he's going to coach there, and then he's stepping away. Um, Todd Orlando and the offensive coordinator from Texas, who I'm forgetting his name. Tim Beck. uh, Are now without jobs as well. That's false. Tim Beck was reassigned. Oh, that's right. Excuse me. He was not fired. Um, uh, He was moved on the staff. The inside receivers coach was fired. Like, who – like, are you telling me the guy that coaches the outside receivers can't coach the fucking inside receivers? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Um, who else was relieved? We had Matt Luke, Matt Ole Miss Luke, Ole Miss. There's they said they they may that Ole Miss half, players are like planning a revolt. Which, yeah, they, they said like half of the team is in the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. that's that. I don't. So I'm not really starting sure. the year. Okay, let's just go down. Florida State, Arkansas. Yep, were the first two. Yep. Um, Charlie Strong is let go at South Florida. Uh, Rutgers, don't forget uh, yep, Chris Rutgers, Ash. Chris, Chris Ash, Ash which they are making a deal with Greg Schiano. That one sounds like it's done. Yep, that was up and down. Um, Ole Miss, um, Missouri fired Barry Odom. Yep. If that you remember, today. that one's kind of some Iowa State interest. Um, in on a lot of mutual recruits from that state. Uh, Nate Shieldhouse um, is from that kind of East St. Louis area. Recruits a lot of those guys. But Barry Odom was Missouri. Missouri tried to hire Campbell and hired Odom instead. Fun fact. So, do you think he would have picked Missouri over Iowa State? No, he picked Iowa State over Missouri. Oh, so uh, I gotta throw this out there. I'm not usually a fan of the seltzer because they have oh. no flavor and they taste kind of bitter. This isn't bad. That one tastes like cherry limeade, doesn't it? We not told bad. you. We told you, okay. idiot. All right, Arkansas, Ole Miss. Um, I think the what jury's out on what's gonna happen at USC yet. Sounds like Hilton might get retained. The Washington, I, they get retained. I'm pretty sure I saw today that they let him go. No, so the deal was Sports Illustrated. Dropped a link that said he was let go, and then they like went out and said, "Oh well, he actually wasn't LMAO, let go. We were wrong." Mind. Yeah, Jesus. So it hasn't been decided yet, but they have a new AD. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. The Chris Peterson one is really interesting because I don't think anybody said that down. I, I did a little looking and, and talking to some different people, and they said more than anything, he's just a little. <sighs> Peterson is burned out, ready to be done. And, you know, and he had a long career at Boise State before this. Yeah. Um, and and just more than anything, it almost sounds a little bit like the Bob Stoops deal a couple of years ago. Just ready to just hang ready it up to be for done. a bit. Yeah. Okay. So let's. I'm going to jump into that one first because I have a couple thoughts, and I always like trying to think of regional candidates that could fit well. Well, they were in a situation. Their defense coordinator be the head coach. Oh, I didn't realize that. I th- yeah. I didn't know if that was. He's not even interim. He's. They said. So it reminds me of when. Big game Bob stepped down and Lincoln Lincoln just took over to go. So Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator, has been hired as full time head coach. I, I see. I saw Jimmy Lake was hired, but I didn't know if that was like yeah. the interim basis or like we'll evaluate after the uh, yeah. after the postseason. I thought that maybe a fit for them, and not because 
and again, it's just a regional thing, but would Bronco Mendenhall have ever thought about going back to the West Coast, leaving UVA? Because what's he been at UVA for now? Is this his second year? Yes, I think this is his second year. Yeah. Would Bronco Mendenhall have been interested in that job if they extended Is an Washington offer? an objectively better job than Virginia, though? And I don't, you are building at Virginia. You are, I would say yes. I would, say really, Washington, I would absolutely say Washington's a better job than UVA. I think it's – I don't know. I, for me, that's that's kind of a lateral move. Washington maybe has better recent history, um, but Virginia's a pretty solid program team. Washington has had more success recently, and I think that's why it is objectively a better job because, I mean, for crying out loud, they made a college football playoff. Right, but for me, know? it's hard where you get somewhere who obviously he really wanted the Virginia job, otherwise he would not have left BYU. Well, a place where he's Mormon, he has history there. That's where he was an alum. Um, so he must have really wanted the right job. And in year two of a pretty successful rebuild, it'd be hard to see him move. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're going to the ACC title game. So, yeah. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall, and that's the other thing, too, is that it, regional doesn't necessarily matter, like, where where they're from, where, they're, where they've coached before. But because, typically you because see guys stick coach, to the Because when you're a good coach, from. you can coach no matter where the hell you are, you know? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm here again. You're back again. Yeah. I think it's because you're talking too loud. I think I think these headphones are haunted. <laughs> haunted. He once was lost, but now he is found. <laughs> um, so, if you look at guys, you know, typically, you know, the other outside of like Matt Rule, who was a Northeast guy and it wound up at Baylor of all places, guys typically, you know, that's why Campbell keeps getting tied to this Florida State job. I don't see that. Or the actually, of all things, the Arkansas job. If you look and. You know, Arkansas really thinks if you if you get on the Twitter sphere and some other things, Arkansas really thinks they have a shot at Campbell. Now, Arkansas has Jerry Jones, the booster, um, who true. is willing to throw a lot of big money. And also, people don't forget about this: um, the Walton family, aka Walmart, Tyson Foods. All oh yeah, this are Arkansas alums. So there's buku bucks there to be had. But if Campbell said no to Tennessee last year. Um, and note all these other places, why would you take the Arkansas job, which is the worst job in the SEC West? You have to recruit against Alabama, Auburn, L- LSU, LSU I mean, Texas a You're not getting recruits. No. Basically, your best hope is to pray for Illinois, Missouri, like Texas kids, those kids that you, you, you have to try to sneak attack those, and you're not going to do it. You're probably not even beating Texas in the recruiting battle. I mean, no. not even close. No. You might not even be beating TCU in the recruiting battle in no. Texas. No. So, Arkansas is in a world of hurt right now. They've, they're. It's not the Arkansas that we used to remember, like you and I growing up as kids, or like our parents we remember. Those run Razor. DMC. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. That ain't happening anymore. So it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting with the with that job too. Um, I've seen a lot of Mike Norvell connected to. Um, the Florida State job, I think. That's what it sounds like right now, which there hasn't been any other candidates. Football Scoop and a couple other places say that they gave Campbell the chance to interview, but he's likely to turn it down. Um, they they supposedly were going to make a run at James Franklin, but I don't see him leaving the situation he has at Penn State no, for I Florida agree. State. Yeah. Um, but Mike Norvell seems like the most realistic candidate with the career he's had at Memphis for the last four years, and he's – chose to stay at Memphis or get in the Tennessee job, so I think he's been waiting around for the right one. Um, that kind of makes sense. But they also, I think, <sighs> Memphis is a little wary about hiring another coach out of the American that's had success, things like that. Oh, Willie Taggart may be having a USF reunion, by the way, it sounds like. Is that where he started? Yeah, he went from USF, parlayed that into the Oregon job, parlayed that into the Florida State job. 
and here he is. He's going back to South Florida. Yeah, that, Bulls. That could be wild. You know that that this arm like extends back this way too. You didn't have to go. But back to the Texas thing. It's never a good sign when the staff is forcing you to make changes or when administration is forcing you to make changes at this point in your deal. It's not a good look. No, it's it's not because that basically says, all right, Tom, you get the chance to go fix this or you're done. Um, but usually those guys that he hired, Todd Orlando was making – Todd Orlando was the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. And he get hired away from LSU or something like that or No, he came from Houston with Houston. With Oh, he was with him? Yeah. Um Dave Aranda is who you're thinking at LSU. Oh, my bad. Um but regardless, he was making one point seven million dollars. That's a lot more than a lot of head coaches in division one football. That's wild. Um, Tim Beck was one that I think a lot of people were on the fence to begin with. Now I'm surprised that he stayed on staff. He came, he was a wide receivers coach at Ohio State or something when hurt when Herman was there. Uh, I'm surprised he stayed on the staff more so than, but I, I, I really think that Texas administration wanted some blood, wanted this, but Orlando is not the guy I thought would be fired. If you look at that Texas, when we played Texas, at least it was not their defense that has been keeping them out of games, even though their defense more than anything has had just a rash of injuries everywhere. And that is, that's not, you know, that is how do you, how not could Todd you, Orlando's yeah, exactly. Fault. You can't control that. Tim Beck, I think offensive creativity has not been there. And I hate to say this, I like Sam Ellinger, but they've been handcuffed by his skill set a little bit and tried to just kind of do things, you know, like, oh, we got the belldozer back here. Let's let's keep doing this. It's like the old 18-wheeler package they had. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the 18-wheeler package. Yeah. Tyrone Swoops, baby. Yeah. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. These uh, A lot of these coaching changes, I mean, I've seen Justin Fuente from Virginia Tech um, – Connected with some of these jobs, I think I saw him for the Ole Miss deal as Arkansas well. Is Arkansas for him as well. Um, you know, I who's who's coaching Cincinnati right now? Luke Fickle got them clicking. Luke Fickle's got to be on on some radars right now as well. Luke Fickle is very much an Ohio State guy. I have a hard time seeing him move out of the Midwest unless it's for the right job. Um, Fair enough. But here's the deal: I don't that see Nebraska it. job might be open soon. <laughs> You know, I, I think he wants the Ohio State job because, remember, he was the interim coach when Trestle got canned the first time. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, I forgot I, about I that. I think that's probably the job he wants, but I don't think we're going to see Ryan Day leaving anytime soon unless it's to the NFL. Okay, it's funny that you just said that right there. Yeah. We don't think we'll see Ryan Day be leaving anytime soon. How about the pandemonium that ensued when Urban Meyer got canned and everyone here in the Ames area was just beside themselves thinking Matt Campbell was leaving? Right. And how silly do they look right now? Oh, Ryan Day. Ryan Day's got yeah. that thing clicking. Right. So I, there's a lot that could happen. Here's the biggest thing in these coaching situations is it's not always the jobs that are open right now, you know, that you have to – that really cause the biggest problems. It's who leaves another Power 5 school to take the Florida State job. And then who does – okay, say, you know – Say this, James Franklin, you know, or James Franklin leaves Penn State to take the Florida State job. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that's – he's kind of from the neck of the woods because he was at Vanderbilt before this, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, say that. All right. Well, that lines up possibly Matt Rule. Matt Rule's a Penn State guy, played linebacker there under Joe Pa, to go back and take, you know, the – Penn State job. Well, who takes the Baylor job? You know, and it's so on it's and a, so far. It's a trickle-down effect. It's a tr chain reaction, and yeah. you know, the staffs have so many 
you know, parts and pieces that are moving around. You know, so I, I think it's things like that. One other thing I think from an Iowa State standpoint, um, Toledo fired their uh, defensive coordinator this week. Um, Tyson Vite, the linebackers coach, I expect to be um, one of the oh. – you know, top candidates for Good that, one. which I would not yep. like to lose Tyson. Tyson's a stud. Great recruiter. Yep. Agreed. What are you giggling about over there? Oh, I'm just reading good memes. There's a uh, – it's probably not appropriate for the show. Grandma earmuffs. What's the uh, What's the difference between a chickpea and a lentil? I've never had a lentil on my face before. <laughs> I think I've seen that one before. It's so funny. <laughs> I got nothing to say. I just about died laughing at that. That's a good one. Oh my! And we're just that's the the meme Monday segment for Taylor Hall. Oh, I like on. it. The meme like Monday it. segment. I like it. Uh, that's so so great. <laughs> yeah, I Jace or uh, Tyson Vite would absolutely be probably the leading candidate for that job. That's the other thing I think about is like, you know, when is Tom Manning's name going to start popping up for some of these? you know, bigger time OC jobs. Like I think he probably wants to stay I think Manny, with Campbell Manny more than anything. Wants, but, I mean obviously he came back to be with Campbell. Right. You know, from the NFL. But I could see Manny getting the opportunity to maybe be like a Mac level head coach. because um, they said that's the reason he came back because he got some NFL experience and he wants to be a head coach. And um, I mean who I, I could be? see that happening maybe eventually. There's a but. bunch of young well, I'm really just thinking off the top of my head. Manning and Shieldhouse, I think, are two people that will will not be able to stay in the program because they're gonna get offers from Well Shieldhouse is honestly if you have to retain one person on our staff, more so than anybody, I'm wrong, love John Haycock, love Tom Manning. But Nate Shieldhouse is one guy who is up and coming, gonna be a head coach, gonna be this and he is our ace recruiter. Um, that's one guy that we do not want to lose. Yeah, and I mean he's he's easily the most recent player out of all these. Like he, right. what, what when was when did he play his last game in NCAA? What would have been like two thousand ten? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that probably. Um, I I've I've heard and I don't know what truth validity to this there is, but or where I heard it from truthfully, but he's just like this football genius, like just yeah. is sharp as they come. Well, it was interesting because Lovey Smith. So they had him on the staff as like an analyst before Iowa State picked him up and you know promoted him to a full time position coach. But Lovey Smith wouldn't offer him a full time coach, and now he is. I mean, he is flat out stud, like our best recruiter, and it's not even close. So, but that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, f- from that, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of any other. Well, there's gonna be more. It's like I said. It's, it's such a trickle down. Gaps. It's we'll know a lot more here in about two weeks when these yeah. non, you know, the bowl, the peop, the teams that aren't bowl eligible are gonna get to make a move before right. a bowl game's over. Um, I don't know that that number is gonna be huge, just because if you're a Florida State, odds are you're probably gonna wait till you know January 10th to make this move because you have to wait. To, that's to, not. To, I mean, that's to me what it said I've, I've read stuff that Florida State wanted to have a head coach in place by December 1st because they're not playing in a bowl game they wouldn't if you honestly and same thing when Iowa State hired Campbell you actually want to have your head coach you know as soon as possible well right I understand, what I, I understand that but the the point that I guess I was trying to make was that you you're going to want to go after a coach who's got a good enough track record and odds are that he's in a bowl game right now Right, but there's lots of coaches that leave but don't don't coach their bowl games. Campbell did it when he came right, to Iowa right. State. but these these uh, these kids have to sit out a year after transferring. But that's a topic right. for another time. 
right. pisses me off. Right. Um, but yeah, so like you said, there's a trickle down effect. We'll know a lot more in a week, two weeks. And it's know. kind of, it honestly, like it's, it's kind of fun to pay attention to every year. I like, I definitely like coaching carousel probably a lot more than any other, um, aspect of college football. You know, if there's one thing that keeps you busy during the off season, because I uh, truthfully, like, like I told you, I listened to our, um, first episode today, just kind of listened to some of our good calls and bad calls. And truthfully, there were a lot more good calls that we had than there were bad calls. But I remember watching those first couple weeks of college football and just how much of a just a dopamine overload that was for all that fun crap that was going on and getting to watch game after game, having 47 screens up, watching all that crap all at once. And, man, it's over now, essentially. You know, we get bowl games here, so we'll actually get yeah. to, like, watch winning teams and stuff like that. But Which bowl games are fun, but it's yeah. never – the, the, fun it's thing ne- about, the regular season is so much more fun to the, me. And that is what college football is so different from any other sport outside of the NFL, but the NFL is a little different too because there's more games and more teams make the playoff. Excuse me. There is no other sport in America where the regular season means more than than Division One college football. I know it. Because every week is a playoff. You know, and... Don't get me wrong, eight teams I think will still be fine, six teams, whatever it is. But if you have a 16-team playoff, you know, it really doesn't necessarily, you know, you lose a lot of the drama that is the regular season, I think. Yeah, and it's it's funny that you say that, like how meaningful the regular season is too because just kind of a sidebar here, um, they were kind of showing a graphic of Alabama and their schedule and their RPI and all that stuff. They have the 51st ranked strength of schedule this year. They have played two teams in the college football playoff top 25 and are now 0-2 against said college football playoff. I'm not calling them a fraud. I'm just saying they're a little overvalued. Well, and it's just a deal where Alabama, too, at some point we got to start calling the SEC on its bullshit for, you know. You're saying that Southeastern Arkansas State Technical College of Institutional Knowledge is a good schedule in the 13th week? Yeah, of I mean, the college that's just football it season. Is. Like, are you kidding me? Don't wrong. There's a lot of those marquee non-conference kickoff games that they get into. There's also a lot of that. Well, play, oh, we played one game, so we're going to play three joke games. And they're also exactly. the only conference that still only plays an eight-game conference schedule. And so, if you're like Alabama this year, who just you know, outside of Alabama and LSU, A and M was okay. Honestly, the SC West was not very good this year. No, not really. No, I mean, I mean, not at all. So, if you don't pick up a couple of those wins and your cross division, you know, schedule isn't very good, then you know that's what it's going to be. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not accusing a Nick Saban team of being a fraud because it's Nick Saban after all, and he's he's proven that he deserves a little bit more than that, and his teams deserve more than that. But once again, I think they're severely overvalued. Can we talk a little bit about the 12 men on the field penalty? That cost them big. So uncharacteristic of that that team like that. But it was interesting, and honestly, there's a little bit of – it's interesting. Auburn fans want Gus Malzahn gone in the worst way and have for three years. And he only beats Nick Saban every other year. Yeah, and it's – nobody else does that. But Malzahn, you know, is kind of weird, like genius, got this going on. So the formation that they come out in to draw Alabama, that 12 men on the penalty. Punter was a wide punter was a wide receiver. So Alabama thinks, okay, they see the punter come on the field. They run the punt team out. Well, they line up in offense, and all of a sudden they get caught in transition trying to, you know, Saban called it cheap and all this other stuff. No, no, no. I'll, sorry, not to interrupt you. He called it unfair. Unfair. What a little bitch. Well, the other thing, Go too, home. 
Now there there was one big and don't get me wrong a field goal a field goal was a difference in the the end of the game. Um, <sighs> Auburn should not have had the chance to kick that field goal at the end because how the clock works in college football when you get a first down it counts down it, they started at 15 minutes yeah, and it counts down ch- one second as at soon a time as is the how chains, the clock works as soon I don't know as if the, you guys knew that no as soon as the chains are reset on a first down the clock winds and will run off well they only had one second on the clock i understand it got reviewed but as soon as that ball was set the clock, the clock should have been be running. running yes and for some reason they decided to let auburn come out and kick a field goal instead saban was right in his bitching there so i i don't understand how that happened now at the end of the day don't throw two pick sixes, and you win the game. What are you looking at? I thought my wife was supposed to be going to uh, my parents' house to help my grandma babysit Austin, my niece. And I thought I heard Christina upstairs, and she's home, so she must not have had to go out there. So Sorry. I no, was... it's probably the microphone ghost. No, no I... we just need to tell her to get the hell out then. Get out of my house, woman. Tina, sorry. you vixen. You vixen. Sorry, so it was just I was confused for a minute that she was home, but. Nonetheless, continue. No, so interesting stuff. When are we going to talk about um, when when Oklahoma beats Texas, you know, 45 to 38, it's because the defenses suck. But when Auburn beats Alabama 48 to 45, it, it's because just the offenses are so good. Like, good Lord. It's, it's the rationale that SEC fans are – a lot like Big Ten fans, the the mentality is the same, but all of a sudden they see how much fun these high-powered offenses are, and then all of a sudden they've kind of stopped making excuses for defenses. Yeah. You know. Well, it's just well, just offenses are so good. Like LSU's situation, you know, they've got Dave Rand, who's one of the highest-paid defense corners in the country, and they're giving up, you know, 35 points a game right now. But it more so has to do with the rate of LSU scoring, the amount of possessions there are in a game. Um, and the tempo their offense is running at. And that's what we've seen in the Big 12 for a decade. Yeah, but, you know, we don't play any defense, and our offenses are just mediocre. And when they go against SEC defenses and Big Ten defenses, they crumble. Well, okay. Not so much. Not so much. What do you think? All right, conference champ- let's move in conference championships. All right, here. Mm-hmm. Utah, Oregon. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Um... Virginia, Clemson, obviously LSU, Georgia, and I don't know. Hawaii and Boise State play oh. each other. Memphis and Cincinnati do group of five. Oh, that, that'll be fun, UL, um, UL Lafayette and um, – This is our fun belt. Yeah, our right fun, fun belt and SM – no, not SM. UAB. UAB, good one, yes. <laughs> uh, no, excuse me, uh, App State and App State. Louisiana, yep. uh, Lafayette. The Raging uh, F- Cajuns. FAU, UAB, Miami, Ohio, Central Michigan. And everyone, listen up. That Mac game, that Miami Miami of Ohio game in Central Michigan is actually going to be a good one. Remember when we said at the beginning of the year that Miami of Ohio would probably be playing in the Mac championship? No, game? actually, once again, listen to the first episode. I'm not even going to take credit. You said Mac title contender. Good work. All right. I didn't even remember that. Good work. Hey. Well, then again, I also said LSU would win the SEC West. I didn't believe you. Ah. <sighs> Here we are. And then my Hawaii Rainbow Warriors take on my Boise State Broncos. That's going to be a fun game. I can't wait for that one. Championship Saturday is a lot of fun. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of good ones. It's going to be great. Oh, we didn't talk about, obviously, Oklahoma-Baylor rematch. Uh, Take 
Baylor and the points here. What's it? What is it right now? Uh, line nine, nine. Oklahoma. Here's the deal. Oklahoma. Baylor. I don't know. <sighs> Baylor's gonna come out swinging, bud. Well, I I really think honestly, like Oklahoma, they figured things out a little bit. They played really well, but we can't forget that Baylor had a 21 point lead in that game. 25 point lead, I think. Taylor, who you got? Baylor or Oklahoma? Oh, I'll go with Baylor. Okay. Good call. Fuck OU <laughs> and the Hawkeyes, too. Can we talk about this a little bit? So, I, I think LSU is in regardless. Okay, championship game Saturday. Our playoff rankings currently. You mean in regardless, like. Playoff. Even if they lose. Yeah. Okay. So, that means Georgia's in then, too. I, if Georgia wins. So, let's okay. let's talk about this right now. Well, new rankings haven't come out on Tuesday yet. But I think there's two teams that could even be in with a loss right now. Ohio, Ohio State, Ohio State LSU. and LSU. I really, I really think so. Um, I'd agree with you. I think that LSU is way more likely to get in with a loss. I think that if if Ohio State were to lose to a Wisconsin team, a two-loss Wisconsin team, I think they'll devalue Ohio State. Ohio State might be on the number five line. I I just think – I know what you mean. Everybody's loved him so year, and honestly, the, one of the more talented Ohio State teams we've ever seen. I, I don't – and they've been number one a lot of weeks for a reason. I mean, they've hardly had a hiccup all year. Um, in the way they came out and performed this week, I, I really think both those teams are in with a, in with a loss. But let's go chalk. Let's say those two teams win. Mm-hmm. So you Clemson. got your one and two seeds right there. Yep. Who, I, I think Clemson obviously in with a win. With a loss, they are not in. They have there's they will have wins over zero ranked opponents. Boy, that'll be an upset of the century if UVA right. digs that one out. That line's at tw- minus twenty seven, by the way. Oh, I take them. Oh man, I don't know. Clemson, Dude, that's a big line. That's yeah. That's a big line in a conference championship game. And Clemson's been blowing people the fuck out, but Virginia's going to come in. Like, and they're they, going to control they got the nothing clock. To lose. They're going to control the ball, and that's what you know. That's what they temp- typically do. That's tough for me to say off the get go. Um, regardless, I'll go chalk there and say Clemson wins. So it goes down to this. Um, Oklahoma or Baylor, I think it's going to depend in what fashion they win in. Obviously, Utah is sitting in the five spot right now. Utah, I think, is a very good football team, but not a lot of us have seen very much of them. But honestly, I think the analytics I'll show, the best rush defense in the country, really can run the ball well. Um, they don't really have a big superstar out there, and that's kind of something they're missing. You know, they're not like the Alex Smith-led Utah team or things like that. still got a good quarterback. I can't remember his name. But, they, but that's just his. Game. We don't even know. I mean, it's Utah. Now, I've, I've watched a couple of their games, like just little snippets of it, truthfully. But that you literally took the words right out of my mouth. They are a run-predicated team, whether yeah. it's run defense or run offense. That's what they're good at. They've got an incredible defensive front. They'll they'll slow the tempo down. That's a Big Ten team playing on the West Coast. Right. Now, what what you know, Kyle wouldn't they always play good defense out there? What does you know Utah? What does that Utah Oregon matchup look like? You're more of a Pac-12 fanatic than I am. Utah Oregon, it's gonna be it's, both. Honestly, teams play really good defense. Yeah, really good defense. Um, Oregon definitely better in years past. Um, you know, Oregon's been in a couple of these games this year where the final scores have been really, really low. Like, just off the top of my head, they had two weeks in a row here. Um, early in the year, Stanford was a 21-6 to matchup, and they ended up winning that game. Right. That. And against a, a really scrambling Stanford team where you'd think they would put up just an ass load of points against them, and they just kind of won. Cal, Cal's got a way more improved defense than I think people gave them credit for. 
Um, they Cal, they Cal win that game Cal seventeen wasn't to seven. Dog shit this year. No, their just defense was the best point of their team, and that's all they had really. Uh, they win that game seventeen to seven, and then from there on out, you know they're they're in these games where they're scoring at least twenty five points at a time. So I think this is going to be a, a true test for their offense to go against that rush defense and that front seven of Utah to see if they can exploit them in the passing game a little bit to try to open up the run game. I don't think that happens. Um, Utah's defense is going to be good enough to contain Herbert and those athletes on that side of the ball. So that's kind of how I peg that game. It Oregon's plus six and a half, and I think Vegas knows on that one. I think Utah's winning that game by a touchdown. Okay, go chalk. Utah wins by touchdown. Utah's in. Oklahoma wins by 14. Oklahoma covers. You've got a win over the number nine team in Baylor, who has one loss, and that game is really close early. Um, and then Utah has a win over what number thirteen Oregon? Yeah. I think they are. What does the committee value more? Here's the here's the deal. I, I think they like Oklahoma more because they think Oklahoma can score points, and everybody wants to see Jalen Hurts in there, things like that. I'm I kind of want to see Utah. I want to see something different, but I don't know. I don't know. I, they haven't they haven't been flashy enough. They haven't done any stuff to really catch our you know I think our eyes so far. I want to know how much of it's gonna come down to sentiment where the committee's going to look at this and say, well, the Pac-12 hasn't had a shot yet outside of uh, Washington. Let's give Oregon them... made it one year. Into the college football playoff? Yeah. Did they play... I'm trying to think. Oregon made it one year. Mm. Um, I can't remember who they played. Regardless, uh, this That's... is the first year that the college football playoff will not have a Nick Saban team in it, and thank God. Um. I don't know. I think Oklahoma has to win the game by three touchdowns. I think it needs to be a convincing win. Now, here's the deal. I don't think two touchdowns is convincing enough for the committee. If Utah Utah has a squeaker, Utah, Utah wins by three points. Three points. Baylor wins by ten. <laughs> and that's a fun one, too. I just think there's a lot of for interpretation. Honestly, it's going to come down to. Okay, how about it, this? If, how about if this? 2013 Ohio State comes out, it beats Wisconsin by 59 in the Big Ten Championship. That was awesome. Like, you know, Wisconsin does – or, you know, Oklahoma does that or Baylor does that or Utah does that. Obviously, they're in, right? But there's so much that's going to be up for interpretation with this because, actually, if you look at the analytics, Oklahoma has had the number one offense for most of the year in college football, and they actually – their defense is rated the top 30. I haven't looked at very much for Utah – um, Baylor's Utah's got the number three rated defense and the number twenty five rated offense. I mean, so it's it's pretty close, you know. And Baylor, I I think is you know probably around twenty in both of those. I'm guessing thirty third in offense and thirty ninth in defense. Okay, that defense surprised me. I figured it'd be a little bit higher. Than so that. here's here's what I was gonna say. Utah wins. Um, pick a pick a spread, one point or thirty points. Okay. I think no matter what, for the Big 12 to even be considered, I personally think that they have to win by at least 18 points to be considered. I'd say two scores, probably. But, and yeah, it's 14. I, I, say, I say 18 because I don't, 14, 14, 14 can be an accident. 18 is on purpose. Does that make call, sense? Why don't we call it 17? Because I want to say 18, Dan. It's six field goals. Six field goals. Well, if they got Keith Duncan, they're going to be in for a Nine two-point conversions, if I may. Oh, goodness gracious. 
Oh, Taylor has a comment. Nope, nope. He lost it. What was the ma- was the math bad for a second? No, no. I was just gonna say I was born when my dad was eighteen, and it was still an accident. <laughs> you prom night, baby. <laughs> best part of you ran down your mama's leg son of a bitch (laughs) i knew it went somewhere (laughs) that's amazing good lord no i just think it's gonna it's gonna be fun you know i think we've actually got some drama it'll be good yeah and i mean here's the the deal okay what if clemson gets a beat you know say clemson gets beat you know what if it's just a weekend full of upsets like what if georgia wins baylor wins oregon wins virginia wins Wisconsin wins. Like, what happened? Well, Wisconsin's not going to win. I call that one the most, the least likely. I understand right. that, but just talk about just straight up chaos that would ensue from that. I and here's the deal: I don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility. Um, I oh, bye, Taylor. Oh, Man. Taylor's break. going out for a dart. Smoke break. Um. Yeah, I I don't think it's that out out of the realm of possibility, but I think Clemson and Ohio State are the two that are the obvious you know winners here. Man, I what's going on here? Man, I don't know. It's is I, it my headphones? I don't is know my because plug? I can hear myself just a little bit. I can't hear me. I can't hear you either. Hey, I plug unplug me and plug me back in. Oh, that's bad. Oh wow, I'm crystal clear now. That was probably it. So, I mean, it's there's a lot of different things, a lot of different angles you could take. I think, like you said, I, you, I, I think in reality this weekend is going to get super chalky. I don't see any upsets coming. Um, I, I think, honestly, I think Baylor's got the best shot to do it. Baylor and Oregon, obviously, have the best shot to do it. I think LSU is going to boat race Georgia, to be perfectly frank with everybody here. Um, so I think the big thing here is if Oklahoma can win by 14 or more, um, they have a better shot at getting in, and if Utah just kind of straight up wins, I think they're in. Um, and that's just my uh, very, very, very amateur opinion. But that being said, speaking of point spreads, I'm going to throw down some more cash considerations, and um, I'm creeping a little closer to 500 on the year. Um, I had another bad week. Shocker. One and two, um, and then I put some bonus locks on our Twitter, and I think total out of those seven, I think I was three and four. Um, it just didn't go very well. I, I had some good picks up there. Looking at that on a Friday night or, you know, a Wednesday night because we had some Friday night games, you'd have looked at that ticket, and I think any person in their right mind would have been thrilled with what I had. And truthfully, one of the ones I did win was K-State plus four and a half. So thanks for that one, K-State. Appreciate that. Um, but I've got a couple here with championship week that I think is are, are kind of intriguing. Um, I did write down OU minus nine. But the more and more I think about it, I think that Baylor has much less to lose in this scenario. Uh, so I'm going to lay the points, and I'm taking Baylor this time around. Um, so I'm taking Baylor minus or uh, plus the nine. Um, there's a different angle you could think. I could I could definitely be persuaded into someone saying take OU minus the nine, um, lay the points because they're going to come out and want to smack them in the mouth because they know that they've got this playoff berth on the line. They got embarrassed for about three quarters by Baylor the first time around that they played each other. So I could kind of be persuaded any other way, but my prediction is that it's the Baylor and plus the plus the nine in this scenario. Um, so give me those. Lock that one up. Uh, my next one is Cincy plus nine and a half 
And if you watched last week, do you know who Cincinnati played last week? No. They played Memphis. Oh, you know, yeah. Do you know, know who that. they play this week? They play Memphis. The game That's is wild. in Memphis. It's literally the same game two weeks in a row in Memphis. That's wild. Cincinnati just got done covering a 10-point spread. Excuse me, an 11-point spread. They lost the thing is, Memphis has got to be the, the favorite because if they win this game, they're going to be in the New Year's Six. But at the same time, like it's pretty hard to beat a team twice in one season, much less in back-to-back weeks. So what? I, where I was going with that, Memphis or Cincinnati just gets done covering that 11-point spread. They lose by 10. They just got to see this defense and offense up close and personal in the same stadium that they're going to be playing in. Give me the 9.5. I think Memphis wins this game outright, but I think Cincinnati's going to squirm like crazy. Right. So give me Cincinnati in the points, 9.5. Lock that one up. And then my very last one here, uh, getting chalky a little bit here, but it's a big point spread. Ohio State and Wisconsin. I'm taking Ohio State and the Buckeyes to cover the big number. It's minus 16 against Bucky Badger. I think Ohio State's going to come out and play with like their hairs right. on fire. They're in either way, I think, whether they, right. you know, they win or like we just talked about, even, maybe even if they lose. Have we ever had a, a team make the playoff off a loss yet? I don't believe so. Uh, didn't didn't Alabama get in as a number four seed and not even make their conference championship? Not even make a conference championship. Yeah. But, they, but it wasn't fresh off of a loss conference championship week. That's a good point. Um, and to answer that question, I believe that would be an easy no. But um, I think Wisconsin or Ohio State's in regardless, but I think they're going to come out and this is going to be a serious tune-up game. I think Ryan Day's obviously got that team clicking. And I think they're going to blow Wisconsin out of the water because Wisconsin just wasted a lot of energy on that last week's game. So give me the Buckeyes. Yeah, they're kind of due for a letdown a little bit. Give me the Buckeyes minus the 16. Lock that bad boy up. So with that being said, Dan, we have some other games to choose from for our cash considerations here. Uh, would you like to bet on the Hawaii and Boise State game? Oh, give me the Sun Belt game. Come on. The Sun Belt game? I don't have a point spread for that one. <sighs> we don't have hang a on, Sun Belt game? No, I can. We can. Give me a minute. What's our Mountain West? What's our Mountain West championship? Well, I, I just, oh, that's what you just said. Yeah, Never mind. Idiot! God, you, you are really dumb. You stupid bitch. You are really, really dumb for real. How was that cowboy killer there? Oh, the Marlboro Man's back, baby. <laughs> I, sh- I want to give you your, your beard's looking very thick, Taylor. Uh, it's pretty good. You should have seen it before December first. It was getting pretty nappy. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty gross. How are things at Vetter? You staying busy? Oh, yeah, yeah, always. Guys, Everybody got the corn out? No. No, there's still some guys running. Uh, I don't know. Harvest 2019, it's been a nightmare, but. Hashtag fun. That was your Taylor Hall crop report. <laughs> you should go on to WHO. Um, this is a, brought to you by Brownfield. Brownfield market update. <laughs> Love it. Fun there's, belt. There's still a shit ton of corn out there, shit baby. Ton of corn. The fun belt is plus, uh, excuse me, UL Lafayette plus seven against App State. To give me App State to cover. No, because I want App you State. You bastard. Too. Why do you Listen, always get a pick? I, because I don't want to get rid I'm just going to put my screen on here so I don't have to look at you. Listen, that's why we need to bet this, this Mountain West game because I like both teams. Boise State's minus 13 and a half. Minus 13 and a half? Against Hawaii. Oh, I'll take the Rainbow Warriors to cover. Okay, I'll take the Broncos. Yeah, to cover. I like that. I like that. 
And I swear to God, if you forget Fireball next week, I'm going to punch you. I've in the been face. busy, Cole. Le- leave it to Dan, have- though, to take the Rainbow Warriors. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's a gay innuendo. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you, We talked a little bit about. Hey, it's uh, cool to be gay now. Pete Buttplug's going to win Iowa caucuses. Pete Buttplug. Yeah, he is. Idiot. Um. You talked a little bit about a face-off topic. Do you want to? Do you want to get into that, or have we hashed that out enough already? Not, though probably, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, then you didn't even answer me on which side you were going to take on that. Anyways, I know. So I know. I do not. Here's the deal. We were going to argue whether we thought this Iowa State football season was a disappointment. I do not think so. Paul Rhodes's last three seasons at Iowa State, he was eleven and thirty-seven. I think people forget that we could have just as easily been five and seven. Well, I think we we could have been five and seven. You're right. We could have been ten two. We could have been eleven and one very easy. Um, to me, yeah, missed opportunities abound. Um, but at the same time, I, I've said this: you've got to learn to walk before you can run. This is still a team that's rebuilding. This is still a program that's rebuilding. Don't be wrong; we're in a great place with great players coming back. We're um, not as consistent as we need to be. No. Like, and just look at all you have to do. All you have to do is games are won and lost at the line of scrimmage. And I'm an idiot. Like, I don't understand football near as well as Dan does. And I can I can see it a lot through the fanhood eyes. And that's why I watched the game multiple times. Is so I can kind of at least attempt to break down any sort of film, quote unquote, and act like I know what I'm talking about. But games are won and lost at the line of scrimmage. And... Saturday was a great example. Right. We got absolutely obliterated at the point right. of the attack, point of attack, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side, they manhandled us. They did and and it's just I mean I don't know if it's a stance of they've gotten wore down. Um the 335 works really good, you know, against some offenses. It struggled not that It one. struggled against K-State last year's as well as Iowa. Uh, when we're not blitzing into things and things like that, and I'm not blaming Haycock. What's weird for me is some people are calling out saying John Haycock's done a bad job this year. Well, John Haycock, no. I mean, I think he's he's still – now I think we'll see some different looks coming out of our defense next year. We'll be a little more dynamic. Um, but I, I still don't consider this – you know, we have won – we have the chance to win eight games three seasons in a row. For the first which, time in 30-some years. Yeah, since Earl Bruce was at Iowa like, State. Come on, guys. 40 years. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. Don't be wrong. I think all of us saw what could have been on the table, and all of us you know, had hoped for this, but this would have been the best season we had while I was in college. It wouldn't even been close. It's, the, it's that thing that we, we're all disappointed and bummed out by a 7-5 and five season. Guys, Paul Rhodes would have acted like 7-5 and five at Iowa State would have been like climbing Mount Everest. Mount Everest. With he came back and after winning on the road at Texas, said programs like Iowa State should never beat Texas. Well, that's a great fucking attitude to have. Congrats, no. buddy. That it's just it goes to show you that the program is not built yet. It's you know, not. three we we're, got the chance to have three eight win seasons in a row, which is incredible from where we were. Incredible. We're not we won't I don't think that we'll ever probably really realize our peak until we're actually in the moment like you can't sit here and say we're three years away we're two years away we're five years away i don't think you can say that you'll know that we've hit the top of the mountain when maybe we're in a big 12 championship game and 
maybe were a two-point underdog against a Texas. That's when you said, okay, we're here. And I, I think to a degree, you know, it's just it's all come a little bit fast. And Iowa State, you know, suddenly we're like, oh, well, this is the expectation of this. And this is not an easy thing to do. The Big 12 schedule is – no, it doesn't happen overnight. Recruiting like this doesn't happen overnight. Building up depth does not ha- happen overnight. And we will finally have Campbell's guys in their fourth and fifth years next year. All the rec- all the Rhodes guys will be out of the system. But even then, four years is a long time to go from a team that hasn't won a conference title and, boy – a hundred years um, to playing in the championship game. Like, let's be realistic and let's say what this deal is. Um, it'd be one thing, you know, if Ferris retires at Iowa um, or say this when Hayden Fry retired at Iowa um, and Ferris came back, you know what, in four or five years, they were clicking, they were winning pretty good, but that program had history. This program has not had very much history. Dan, Danny Mac was great, but Danny Mac had the luck of playing against a very bad big 12 North. Yes. And not playing Texas and Oklahoma every year. Campbell has done this playing everybody. In this league, let's call a spade a spade here. Les Miles is the worst coach in this league. When you a say guy that, who has a national that, championship. When you say that, do you mean worst coaches in terms of like record? or Worst coach in terms of just, I think, their current coaching ability and where they're at. Man, I don't know about that one. I don't think, I don't think I'd call him the worst. Who do you one. call the worst one? Who do you call the worst coach? If you had to, if you had to power rank the big, I guess coaches I guess I can't. 10. I guess I can't say that. I don't have enough information on Matt Wells. I don't have enough information on Neil Brown. But regardless, this league is loaded. Yeah, um, I know it is. And we've seen this with Big Twelve basketball year year after year. Um, they just, you know, the league is so tough. They beat up on each other, and I think we're going to see a lot of that. And it's going to be very, it's very tough to run the table. Um, so I think we've got to be realistic with things, and it's still a very good team. There's still steps to be taken, and I, I think there's still more success to be had. I agree. I, so quit your fucking whining. I'm not. I'm not whining at all. Like I was bummed out that we lost. But it's like, hey man, we're seven and five. Like we're going to a bowl game for a third consecutive year. Right. Like this. this you could exciting. be Nebraska. So you could be Nebraska. That would suck. Um, I don't have any Coles. Did you know? Um. Cool. We, I Actually, got. I have something to say. A uh, quick. Uh, the Cubs did not tender Addison Russell. Thank God. Um, should have happened about three years ago, but thank goodness that's not happening. That's my Cubs update. So Cubs, did you know Addison Russell is a non-tender? Yeah. Um, I actually have a. Did you know there are two very, very, very important birthdays on today in history? Did you know that? No. Nineteen forty-six. Gianni Versace was born. We're big Versace guys down here in this basement. I'm just kidding. Maybe you I just Taylor, saw. I'm I just saw. And then, and then, 1981. Everyone's, everyone's mid 90s crush, Britney Spears. Oh my. Oh, I I gotta disagree. McComb, she's Mississippi. You didn't think Britney Spears was hot? Like you're talking peak 1990. Oh, can I get a little toxic drop here? Dude, Britney that's Spears is hot, but I'm I'm going Shania Twain. Pull out. No, I, but that's different genres. You can't you can't cross contaminate. Britney was wild. Britney, okay, Britney was hot, but I wish it was Shania's birthday. It's also Aaron, she still it's gets also me to about sixty percent in her old age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, do we need to uh, recap the battle for Atlantis and Iowa's weekend? Yeah, tournament I mean, as we well? can talk a little bit about um, basketball. That's probably where I I edged in just a skosh. I think I don't. Here's the deal. I know we were pissed about losing the Michigan game. You were more pissed than I was. 
Michigan, did you see where they went from being unranked? Did you see where they're ranked? Yeah, tonight? they're number four. <laughs> they went from being unranked to, and honestly, Iowa State led that game at halftime and my was problem, in that game. My problem with the Michigan loss. Yeah. Um, granted, I, you can't pin everything on the players or coaches in that scenario because Michigan was literally hitting everything that left their hands. Well, in the second half so, especially. And that's okay. Like Sometimes they just make circus shots, and that's how shit goes. I have grown so tired of watching these lazy offensive plays and these lazy inbounds plays, lazy press breaks, and all of that shit come to a culmination all in one game. I'm, I get so sick of people like, well, where's all the prom haters? Because I probably get accused of that, truthfully. I'm not a prom hater. I'm a prom critic. Because I think that some of the concepts and schemes that he comes up with, especially watching these inbounds plays, where he has a free runner coming off of a screen, and he tries to make them dive through the lane to go to the basket instead of going to a wide-open corner for a three-pointer. I have grown so sick of it. It is such an easy thing to run those little rub picks like he does, and he just chooses the wrong routes for his kids every time. And, and I think that he is one of the best recruiter, if not the best recruiter, we might ever get in right. the city of Ames. He's better than Hoiberg. But if you were to put him and Hoiberg's offensive mind together, like his recruiting oh, and Hoiberg's be offense, best coach in America. The thing for me that's been weird about Iowa State basketball so far is against Michigan, they forced 22 turnovers, which is really high. Um, Xavier Xavier Simpson, who's a really good assist turnover guy, turned the ball over 11 times. Yep. That being said, for a team that forces 22 turnovers, we are constantly out of position on the defensive end of the court. And honestly, that always even with the bad shooting night Iowa State had against Michigan, that is what lost that game, and that's what lost against Seton Hall. Um, George Conant is an elite shot blocker. And we get Seton Hall again at home. Yeah, on Sunday. Yep. Tickets for like 10 bucks. You want to go? I'm going to go. Um, on Sunday, you said? Yeah. No, nah, I'm probably going to be too hungover. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go. Taylor, you want to come? Uh, I've got your little fiesta on Saturday. It's so Saturday. I'll... Exactly. Yeah, the game Sunday. Yeah. I, when I get drunk, I don't. Buck up, buttercup. We don't half-ass this shit. No. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um. No, All but nothing. the Seton Hall. But now I'm glad to see the Arkansas game was fun, just to see us get to finally get the freaking bucket off the the get the lid off the bucket. There you go. Um, and made 15 threes, um, and know that this team actually is creeping up to closer to where they should be in terms of three point shooting percentage wise, and they have the ability to hit them. I mean, so I still don't know what this team's projection is or ceiling is or floor is. Because um, the Big 12 is actually, I think Oklahoma State looks tough. Kansas looks tough. I think it's Texas Tech is what I thought they would be. Getting um, beat by Iowa. Yeah. Holy hell. Very overrated. Um, you know, and I think they've got nine or ten new scholarship guys there. Kansas Kansas looks pretty good. Kansas does look good. Um, I will say this. I think Iowa State's right where we pegged them. Uh, we said sixth. Fifth or sixth, seventh in the Big Twelve. I think that's right yeah. where they're. This is going to be a team unlike any that we have ever seen. This is full prom factory, yeah, on on display right in front of you. And as you can see, they're not afraid to shoot the ball. But it seems like more often than not, the ball's not going to go in from beyond the three point line. But they are going to play rowdy defense. They'll right. be out of position from time to time. 
but they're going to I play think our on-ball defense, in terms of getting Prentice a passing Nixon, lanes. Prentice Nixon is one of the best on-ball defenders I've seen in a while. And Tyrese is, you know, we've got. He's so like damn that. long. Tyrese is so long and Condit is so long that we can do so many different things. Tyrese, I've never seen a guy who can step into passing lanes and, you know, take the ball more than he does. Um, we got to talk about the tournament he had. I think if Tyrese Halliburton comes back next year, Iowa State's team is special, like win the Big 12 special. I'd agree with that. Um, At the rate he's playing, if he des- it's not if happening. he decides to give yeah, if he decides to give up the fact that he's a top ten pick, then sure. Well, right now I think ESPN and CBS had him as the number ten as a lottery pick, number ten. Pick um, yeah, they have him going to the Pelicans. Can you imagine yeah. him playing with Zion Oof. Williamson? Oof. Oof. Sorry, Lonzo. I just went from six to midnight. <laughs> but I mean, selfishly, I selfishly, I'd really like to have him here because I think, I think that's a win the Big Twelve team. I mean, type of deal if he can be a three or four year guy. I agree, but yet to be seen. But how much fun is he to watch? He is an incredible passer. Yeah, there's just some of those fast break plays where he's throwing no look dishes, and I mean, oh. these passes are hitting you know guys in stride like on the chest or just wherever they need to be, like pick a spot. They're filthy. I'm just trying to imagine him throwing lobs to Foster and Condit all next year. Oh please, can you just please let that happen? That is the biggest thing because. Actually, Foster is seven feet tall, but he actually will be able to give us a little bit of that stretch four we've been missing. Because right now, we're instead of having a four that can go out and guard somebody, basically what we're doing is playing Michael Jacobson out of position. Because what what a, we talk about Iowa State's front court front court depth, but really what we have is three centers. That's true. The one who can move the best out of those three is Condit, but he's not necessarily a guy who can guard the three, you know, and have a guy who can step out and make shots. Solomon Ken and Jacobson Ken once in a while. But those guys, oh, they Solomon, had a rough couple last games we, uh, in the Bahamas. We got to watch a little bit of the game while I was at work um, that Wednesday or whatever. Mike Jacobson has disappeared. He just looked out of sorts. Like, Does he yeah. look lighter to you too? Doesn't it look like he dropped 20 pounds? I don't know. I couldn't tell he you that. He looks but. thinner. He, just, he does not look like he's there mentally or physically. Um, it's the keto diet. Sit, probably. He's probably gone vegan. Um, I've seen him arguing with refs, and that wasn't what he was like last year. I've seen him talking a lot more trash and being mouthier with with opponents. And not that that's a bad thing. Like I don't care. But he he just looks different. He just looks different. Could also be drugs. Crystal meth. It could be meth. I, I hope you're not listening to this, Solomon. So. No, no, no. We're talking about Jacobson. Oh, yeah. No, you're probably right. Yeah. Drugs. <laughs> Waukee, Iowa. It's rough, ta- rough, rough neck of the woods over there. You don't want to go down that way. Um, but, yeah, so w- with regards to basketball, Iowa um, had a pretty good week. They beat, uh, they beat, beat Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. That was, that's pretty cool. Good for them. Lost in San Diego State. But I want to say this. That tournament, which I think they thought going to that tournament was going to be pretty good. Tech was a highly ranked team. I was... I don't, was there another ranked team in that tournament out in Vegas? I couldn't even tell you. I think they play uh, – the Hawks play Syracuse tomorrow. Is that part of the tournament? Do you know? No, no. I I, that's so. part of the Big Big Ten uh, ACC, ACC challenge. challenge. Where's that at? Um, that's a good question. I think it's in the Carrier Dome. Interesting. That's kind of got to be a bucket, le- bucket list venue. To go oh, see. for sure. Yeah. Because isn't that where Syracuse football still plays right. too is in the Carrier yeah. Dome? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean – the the Carrier Dome on those West Coast or excuse me East Coast venues I mean that's that's easily a bucket list bucket list one for 
for me. I'm, I'm not much of a college basketball fan, though, truthfully. You're, you're, you're going to get drug in. Come on. No, not really. I mean, really, it's just the clones. I like watching the clones. College basketball, it, for me, there's just not enough excitement. It's all it's all defensive half the time, it seems like. But, I mean, it's, it is what it is. But, anyways, moving forward, um, we've got 10 days until the big Cyhawk face-off. And um, you know what we ought to do? We ought to, we ought to do a live uh, – Live feed of that one. You want to come over and watch the game? Was the game feed? in Ames? Yeah, but I'm not going. Well, I'm going to try to get a ticket. Oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to go. Well, I guess I'll do a live feed. Taylor, you want to come over and do a live feed? Yeah. Is there beer involved? I'll probably come over. Is it Pope Catholic? Yeah. Um, Does a fat dog fart? <laughs> that being said, um, Danny, any other any other little things you want to touch on here? I've got a fail of the week for you. Oh, yeah, as do I. Actually, we've already talked about it. My fail of the week week was going to be Nick Saban calling the whole unfair thing on the play. But oh, oh that was my that was my fail of the week. What's your I've, what do you got? I, for fail you of the know, week? I've got something. Uh, you know, and, and not to discredit these young men. Um, but uh, you know, two young men who you know outstanding defensive linemen for the Michigan Wolverines, and I I don't want to take anything away from Michigan from losing, but um, number two, Carlo Kemp, a senior defensive lineman from Michigan from Boulder, Colorado. Um, was the number 135 ranked recruit in uh, to the 2015 class. Um, uh, he's been named, you know, he's been named to the Pro Football Focus, you know, All Big Ten team a couple times. Good player. Um, and then Aiden Hutchinson, um, a six foot six, 280 pound D end, out of Plymouth, Michigan. Fun fact: His dad actually played for Michigan under Bo Schembechler, um, and and been one of Michigan's best defensive linemen the last few years. Um, these two gentlemen, you know, they had a rough game against Ohio State. You know, um, but good players in their own right. But what really was interesting for me is the point where, for some reason or another, they tackled J.K. Dobbins on one instance and thought it was a good idea to untie and remove his shoe while he was on the game. <laughs> I did see that. And thought the referee would not notice this. So, shout out to you, Aiden Hutchinson and Carlo Kemp. Um, you know, I I got to agree with them. You know, that's what you call competitive advantage. I mean, Dobbins was not going to, you know, be as good with without a shoe. But um, thinking no one would notice, uh, not so much. Um, I actually do not think that's a fail. I actually think that that's gold. That's beautiful. When you, when you get beat by 30, it's a fail. I mean, if if you take my lifted shoe off, I'll You're pretty well lose. I'll lose any day. Yeah. But it kind of explains your golf game, too, to be truthful. It is crap. And not like I can throw stones. Mine's pretty bad, too. I've played with Cole. His golf game is also crap. Yeah. <laughs> it is also. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what I've got. Taylor, you've been kind of quiet over there, dude. I've got a shout-out to Jeff Lanham. Um, I don't know who that is. He's that old boy that lived on top of his restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Bengals game, they finally beat the Jets. And this... I I I don't know. I should probably call him a dumbass because he lived up there for fifty some days, rooting for the Bengals. We call it heart. Well, God bless his heart, but I think he's still dumb. Lived up there for fifty some days. They finally beat the Jets, so he can go home to his wife and his kids. Who are you kidding? They didn't want him home anyways. She's probably got another boyfriend by now. Uh, I would imagine. Taylor, is she a mail carrier? He's being cucked. I'm getting ready to move to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> she got a mail carrier. Hey, how's your wife and my kids? <laughs> Be there in 20 hours, baby. Dan, do you want to talk about fantasy football at all? 
you and Shinker have the biggest pillow fight in the history of If I would have just right started now. any other quarterback, I would have had this thing in the bag by now, even with next week coming. Nick it's, Foles, Nick Foles, big dick Nick. Man. <laughs> Talk about epic dumpster fires. That was a $30 million mistake by the freaking Jaguars. Have you ever seen um, one? I think it's got more to do with their offensive line than anything. But, yeah, it's not looking good. They're turning to Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Had I played anybody else at quarterback, like I would have this sucker in the bag. I still won this week. I my I got uh, Dalvin Cook tonight and uh, Tyler Lockett, so I'm up by two points right now. So what is anything? the score of that football game? Um, Flip around. Rob's at it. Shout out to our f- good friend, Bobbert, Robert Vanderveen. I'm sure you're doing a lot of investigating in Seattle tonight. Basic investigative reporting. Well, I hope Dalvin Cook has a touchdown, and I hope Tyler Lockett has a touchdown. That'd be ideal. Um, yeah, oh, I'm, those, I'm, I hate those uniforms. I'm up by two on Kelly right now in the in the semifinals here and uh I, I I played Aaron Jones instead of Jarvis Landry and that was the incorrect play because Jarvis Landry had like fourteen points and Aaron Jones had like five. But I had Allen Robinson on my bench who had twenty three points. So it's kinda where I uh Way she goes. Way she goes. Way she goes, eh? But um I really think it's kind of a bummer for uh, Kelly because right now he's in a matchup in the first round with the best team in the league, and then he's the second. Oh, Christ. He's the second best team in the league, and then we got you two fucks on the other side. Of thing the, is, had of I just the... set up a decent lineup, I would have been dropped like 180 this week. Okay, Dan. Okay, that's fine. Nothing against people that turn stop signs to yield signs on in construction zones, but that's what the Seahawks uniforms look like tonight. I would agree with you. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the like the sign attendants? Yes. How boring of a job do you think that has to be? I. They got to be smoking crack out there. Well, it's usually like a large black well, woman. Either that, or like, or like a really skinny white lady too. Yeah, yeah. It's one, or the one of the other spectrum. But they always have a cooler with them. Do you know? Do you know? Do you notice that? Well, they probably get hot coal. It's, they're out in the sun all well, day. Well, right. But what do you think's in that cooler? I know. I'd pack that fucker full of beers. Just a whole mess of beers. Yeah, Taylor. And then we'd have a terrible accident. You know, on the road. That's true. He'd like <laughs> not my problem, but it would be my. Let problem. some little Prius go through and get in contact with like a an oversized vehicle carrying one of those windmills or something like that, yeah. and just be a mangled mess. Hey, how's that Peterbilt taste? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they're going slow. Christ, how's that Peterbilt taste? Not Ken worth a fuck. Yeah. So, so, so. See what I did there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> not good. Not good. <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty bad. Oh, man. I got nothing. I well, got nothing. for once in Dan's life, he's sat here speechless. 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 Did you need Dan to doesn't know what he's talking to the redneck. Redneck grows fucking semis, baby. <laughs> I just feel... If we're, if we're talking show pigs and fucking football, Dan is 80%. 80%. 80%. When we're talking semis... He's out the door. He's he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Soft zero. And I don't know very shit about zero. nothing. Shit about nothing. Not an episode time. I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I might have said that last episode too. <laughs> but I usually say that about uh, every day. Oh man, fair enough. I oh well. I hope you guys could both make it to our fiesta Saturday. Uh, we'll probably try to come out afterwards of the uh, ugly sweater. I hope you uh, are able to make it to the ugly sweater party at Mikasa. Well, cool. I don't know. Are you going to come to my party? Then maybe I'll come Dan, to your party. Dan, I can't. I have already. I already have prior engagements. See where, see where your priorities lie. Yeah. Well, just go to hell. Okay. Is your sister-in-law going to be there? 
Why don't you Snapchat her and find out? Don't have her on Snapchat. Well, we but, can change uh, that. Shout, shout out Dan's sister-in-law if you're going to be there. All shout day. out Dan's sister-in-law. I'll see you there, honey. <laughs> Christ, I think that's a good... <laughs> ah, I think that's point. a good well, note to end Well, everyone have a great rest of your week. Hey, a quick preview of next week's show. I'm pretty excited. We're going to... Bring out all of our we are scorching bad do, takes yep, from our first show. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna air re-air those, and you guys can uh, check in on those. So, um, I actually re-listened to that first episode. Lots of good ones, and actually a lot of bad ones at the same time. So we're about fifty-fifty split. Um, but again, everyone, thank you for sharing, following, retweeting, tweeting at us, liking all of that thing, subscribing on Spotify, iTunes. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, share with us. Um, all the support is very appreciated. All the feedback is appreciated. Please call us idiots. Please call us geniuses. Whatever makes you feel good. Uh, with that, Dan, let's get out of here. Let's call it a Monday. Peace. See you later. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight.